following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you all joining us here on this Wednesday evening, or if you're checking us out later on from one of your favorite podcast apps, we appreciate that as well, too. Always a fun time this time of year. It's very busy. NBA playoffs are on the corner. Baseball's about to start. And everyone's favorite, the NFL offseason specifically, it is now draft season. It is DJ joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey. Kelsey, pro days are about underway now. We do got the combine wrapped up. Speculation season is underway. Free agency is underway. D- money's being thrown around as well, too. The rumor mills are wilding. So we're going to take advantage of some of those today. Yeah, no, I yeah, look. We've, I, I can't think. Of it. I think I've said this every week since the the off season has started. This is the time where we cover football the most, and it is one of the more fun times we get to do because we can speculate as much as we want. And the worst that we're going to hear from anybody is that's a dumb pick or that's a dumb cho- way to say things. But the truth is, nobody knows the, tr- the what the actual truth is going to end up being. And half the time, well, actually, a little bit closer to sixty-five to seventy percent of the time we're actually more correct than the people on TV are. So I don't feel bad about any of my outlandish picks anymore uh, because they've been proven right more often than not the last couple of years. So I, I, you know what? We can just have fun, be speculative, and, and do it. Say whatever crazy thing comes to my mind. Well, if anyone wants to do an accountability check on us, go right ahead as well, too. I will take all the smoke. I am here for it as well because I know some of those have been right, though. So I will, I will stand by those ones that are right, and I will deal with the ones that are wrong. Like I actually thought Zach Wilson was a top 10 prospect in that draft actually number 11 to be exact i was wrong clearly but i think that is neither here nor there because i am not the worst egregious f- follower of that take as well too considering some people had him number one so he can go that that one was a mess but you know just, what just, just flash back to my trey lance commentary that's all i gotta say try trey lance at 32 on that big board as well so we have no idea if that's right or wrong because he has played 32 snaps but i digress as well so today it is mock draft part one if you guys don't remember from last year, we're going to alternate picks. So I'm going to take the odds. Kelsey is going to take the evens. This year, we decided to throw a little bit of seasoning onto this one. And we're going to include some trades this year as well, too. So maybe he screws me over. Maybe I screw him over. Maybe we screw everybody over. We don't know what's We don't exactly have this planned out so well. So we're going to talk, tackle this from top to bottom, 1 through 31, due to the forfeiture of the pick as well. As you see, the current draft order at the time of this recording, Carolina just recently jumping up to number one overall and already they're uh, talking about trying to trade back now as well too so <laughs> what's going on in carolina who has it i have no idea maybe between the time that we this airs and what that time we recorded and the time it airs maybe it ends up being a situation where they've already traded back but we're gonna roll with what we have right now so on the clock and it's of- worth mentioning well i'll say before we get started it's worth mentioning the 13th pick is still currently the new york jets pick however we're projecting aaron Rodgers confirming a trade to the jets here shortly and that probably being the pick involved with with the trade. So we're just going to go ahead and give that to the Packers and let them have the 13th and the 15th pick for now. And we'll kind of, Hey, if we're wrong, we're wrong. So be it. We'll definitely cross that bridge when we get there. But we, by all accounts, it sounds like Aaron might be heading to the big apple as well. So we're going to roll with that for now, but starting now at pick number one, Carolina Panthers are on the clock. I'll be taking the odds. Kelsey will be taking the even. So Carolina Panthers talks about trading back talks. They like multiple quarterbacks. They just wanted to get up here to get in position to trade back. I don't think they're going to trade back, though. I don't think anyone's going to be willing to trade up with them. I think they're going to they're just going to have to deal with everything they got rid of. And I think they're going to take a quarterback, and I'm taking C.J. Stroud off the board, the quarterback from Ohio State, number one overall. Accuracy, precision, size, underrated mobility, a perfect fit for a Frank Reich offense. And at the same time, their quarterback, Coach Josh McCown, he did a breakdown on underdog fantasy for him. He was fawning over C.J. Stroud, who at the point of this recording – Obviously, you and I still have Bryce Young as 1A, but I think CJ Stroud has made himself 1B as far as a prospect. This is pre-pro day as well, too. But there's not a whole there's not a lot of weaknesses in CJ Stroud's game. And I think it's a perfect fit situation. Maybe better if they had DJ Moore. But I think if you trade up this far, you have to see somebody you believe in. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say they go with CJ Stroud on this one. Not a whole lot to there's not as much uh uncoachable things to nitpick with him. Like you can't make Bryce Young 220 pounds to feel more comfortable. You can't. Those little things like that. So give me CJ Stroud going number one overall. Uh, hey, uh, I got to say, like you said, we both we both kind of have Bryce Young as 1A, but I see what you're saying with, with uh, you know, quarterback coach obviously finding over a certain quarterback and they have the opportunity to take whoever we, they want. We saw that with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, even though they had Josh Rosen in the, in, in, in the team. So uh, definitely wouldn't be surprised to see CJ Stroud. 
So I'm just going to go ahead and jump straight into pick number two here. Um, because if I'm the Houston Texans and I just see CJ Stroud off the board, I might be celebrating a little bit here. Um, because I get a guy that and a new head coach, who, by the way, is from the uh, University of Alabama, who has a receiver coming back who is one of the best receivers from Alabama in the recent years, who teamed up with, well, the guy that might be the, 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 that is on the board still. Uh, I'm taking Bryce Young. I think here with Houston, I'm going Bryce Young. They need a quarterback. I think Davis, look, Davis Mills, I personally don't think it's time to go and ship on, ship, you know, set, set, set sell on the Davis Mills train. But I, I, look, the numbers speak for themselves. I'm not going to deny that. When you have the opportunity to get Bryce Young versus Davis Mills, the answer is very simple. You go Bryce Young. I don't mind his size. His size doesn't bother me. Um, obviously, there are some more things that Houston needs to address. But with this opportunity, sitting here at number two, C.J. Stroud's off the board, and you have the chance to get Bryce Young. Honestly, you're, you're a win-win whether Carolina took Bryce Young or Carolina took C.J. So you, you kind of feel okay with either option. So I'm going here. I'm going Bryce Young with number two. Very interesting that we both had C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, one and two off the board. Either way, it felt like as well, too, regardless of who did odds or evens. Neither one of us had Anthony Richardson going here, which there's a lot of speculation. He, The Panthers might have traded up to get him as well, too. And if that's the case, I think we're going to see some mix up here. Mixes up coming up here in a little bit it, as well. Pro day. Pro day is going to tell me a lot. Um, and, and again, we're, we're doing this before pro day, uh, before the pro days are run. So, we you know, again, I'm going to be honest. I'd say pro day is going to change. might change a lot for me. Anthony Richardson. Might continue to show out, but I, I've saw so much bad from Anthony Richardson over the years in Florida. It's hard to forget that, and where I've, I've seen so much greatness from somebody like Bryce Young and somebody like C.J. Stroud over the last few years. So I, you, you know, when you see the tapes and then what they did during the combine or didn't do during the combine in Bryce Young's case, I mean, it's it's just kind of one of those situations where I just I have to wait for pro day. Pro day will decide a lot for me here. But I, I do think you're right. Like Anthony Richardson not going off the board here. Some people might find egregious. Absolutely. That's going to take us now to pick number three, the Arizona Cardinals. And the draft is officially underway because we got ourselves a trade here, ladies and gentlemen. I got the Atlanta Falcons trading up from pick number eight to pick number three, throwing in some other compensation there as well, too. We won't get too much into that since we're just doing the first round. But now at pick number three, the Atlanta Falcons are officially on the clock. And we talked about Anthony Richardson. You know what? This is where uh, this is where I think we're going to see him go. There's, I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to trade up. I think they came up here to get Anthony Richardson. They saw. I think they're going to look at it. They're going to say we need to get ourselves a quarterback long term. It depends on what their thoughts are on Desmond Ritter, but by all account purposes, I think they are looking to. I think they're looking to get their guy, and I think this is what they'll trade up the combines, the pro days, everything adds up here. Anthony Richardson, you, my friend, are an Atlanta Falcons quarterbacks go one, two, and three off the board to start this draft. Wow. Uh, I got to be honest. I wasn't expecting that uh, at all. And, and that makes what's about to happen here in a moment you know, a little bit, little, a little crazier here. Um, yeah, I got to be honest. I, I wasn't expecting the, the Falcons to trade up considering they're out on the sweepstakes for Lamar Jackson, considering they seem to be happy with Desmond Ritter. So I, I got to say su- surprised that they switch, switch it up and go up and get Anthony Richardson. However, I will say given their offensive coordinator, give, or given their wall head coach uh, and slash offensive coordinator, given the rest of their team, I don't mind the Anthony Richardson pick. I think that's it, it's a very interesting pick, and we all know Atlanta has success with mobile quarterbacks over the years. So, and you throw in a, you throw in Kyle Pitts and Drake London. That's a big catch. Two guys with a huge catch radius. I think will help things out from a little bit. I think I think they just kind of go on at this point as well too. And they don't want to risk them both being gone by pick eight, so they by pick seven or eight. So I think here they just. They plunge. If they go two feet, one face, two arms in, into, and they just go all in on the ultimate potential quarterback of this draft. 21 years old, every physical tool you could imagine. Called himself Cam Jackson at one point, so I think they try and replicate a little bit of that as well. So quarterbacks, one, two, three yet again, and there's still some stuff to be. There's still a lot to do. Well, all right, that's going to take us to pick four. And I got to say, speaking of Lamar Jackson, the thing you just said, the, 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 the draft is underway with the last trade. Well, we get another one here pre-draft. I do have Lamar Jackson going to the Colts and the Ravens getting pick number four. Obviously, there's probably going to be a whole lot more involved here, likely next year's pick as well that could evolve into a first-rounder. Probably going to be a second-rounder at first. They're going to get the second round for this year, probably a fourth round as well. The Colts might get a seventh round back or something like that in in this conversation. But I have the the Ravens there moving themselves up here, getting onto the board. And 
like Anthony Richardson's off the board. You don't have a quarterback for next year. You probably don't feel too comfortable with Pro Bowl or Tyler Huntley. Well, guess what? Will Levis is still sitting right there. I do have them taking Will Levis off the clock. I have him going all four quarterbacks right off the board, the first four opportunities, and that could throw some wrench into a whole lot of people. I honestly had them sneaking up here, maybe getting Anthony Richardson, but uh, you know, as you just as you mentioned in the in the leadoff, we might screw each other over with some of these trades. So, uh, you know, it, it got me on that one. I, I'll be honest. That was a surprise. I respect it, though. I like the pick. Um, but Lamar goes to the Colts. Baltimore Ravens then looking for a quarterback to get them into the next step. And I think Will Levis is that guy. Uh, Going to give him an opportunity. So we'll see how that goes in through the rest of this draft because it's going to be, wow, pretty interesting going forward. So pick number five, DJ, sitting with the Seattle Seahawks. What do you have happening? This is this is where it continues to get a little bit interesting. So now the Seahawks, the pro, the playoff team Seahawks that just resigned their quarterback have a have their selection of the entire board at their disposal. Question is, uh, what what do they feel is a big need? And this is tough because there's a lot there's a lot that can help them while also being a really good team. But I'm not going to overthink the wheel here. I'm going to just take Will Anderson right out of the gate. You have the best player in the draft sitting there, coming off the edge. I know Jalen Carter makes a little bit more sense for them at the middle, but. I think with the way Pete Carroll's kind of talked about, I'm going to just with everything going wrong, Jalen Carter, I'm going to take Will Anderson here because you can't go wrong with either one. Will Anderson just has that one less thing to worry about. So give me the best player in the draft going to the playoff bound Seahawks. Yeah. You know, I, I love that pick and the way this draft is, has panned out. If you, if you're Seattle sitting at five and you get Will Anderson falling into your lap right here, uh, it's going to be a hard thing to be like, I don't want him. No, like, no, no, you, you sprint. You run, you you accelerate yourself to the bull, or to, to wherever you have to run to to get this pick in there. I don't think this is a, there should be a second question here. Um, I love the pick here. Well, and you have another first round pick, so you don't need to trade around. You already still have picks thanks to the Russell Wilson trade. So it's like you know what, just take the best player and let's ride. Exactly. Well, speaking of a team with a extra pick here in the first round because of a trade, uh, that is the Detroit Lions moving in at number six, and a. Like the like the the Seahawks, there's a whole lot of things to pick from here, and actually probably a player they didn't expect to have an opportunity to go get, but that might still be sitting there. And depending on how everything shakes out legally with them, we'll have to wait and see. But I have Jalen Carter here going to the Detroit Lions because at the end of the day, he is still the second best lineman, defensive lineman here on the uh, in the board. I I don't think there's any way that Dan Campbell can overlook this. Depending again, depending on how the legal situation pans itself out, he's obviously going through all of that. But that if that plays it out in his favor of Jalen Carter somehow, then this pick right here is going to be a Jalen Carter pick in my eyes to Detroit. It just I just don't think there's any other way around that. Absolutely. I mean, to Dan Campbell seems like the type of coach that if there is any concerns, he's a guy you trust to handle it as well too. So that's really good pick, and the Lions uh, starting to take over the North with a top five pick and nearly being a playoff team as well too. That. It's not the same old line, same old song and dance lines as well. And there's no quarterback temptation seeing as how they're all gone. So they have plenty of exactly. options here now. So it's going to move us on now to the Raiders with the next pick at pick number seven. And they're disappointed. They were probably hoping to go get one of those quarterbacks as well, too. But the way the draft board shook out, it looks like they're going to have to roll with whether it's a Jimmy G or whoever they pick up in the offseason, something along those lines. Mac and Jones, they, potentially. Mac, that'd be something as well, too. But I think they're going to not overthink this one. I think it's going to be a non traditional Raiders-esque pick where they go with like pure speed or pure measurable. I think they're going to actually do the opposite. Give me Peter Skoronsky, the offensive lineman from Northwestern. They need to they need to protect the quarterback. That was one of their big things last year. They freed up a lot of cap space moving Max Jones's money around. Josh McDaniels knows the importance of an offensive line. You have the league's leading rusher and a, one of the top five receiving receivers and receiving yards and one of the best pass rushers. You have a lot of holes, but you have some stud players so you need to fill in those spots with a guy like Skoronsky. Plug them in any four or five spots, really all five spots, and you'll feel pretty comfortable. So get that line going and undo the Alex Leatherwood draft selection, if that makes sense, where they went with freakish potential, but a lot of holding and false starts. Now you went with basically the sure thing, even though he might not be Trent Williams. He's at least a solid contributor somewhere. All right. I, yeah. No, I I like it. I think Peter Skronsky would be the smart pick here for, for Vegas, but I don't know if they're, you know, with Josh McDaniel, I feel like they should pick, pick, take the safe pick there, especially since you don't know who's going to play quarterback for you going forward. Will it be Stidham? Will it be somebody that you bring in? Who knows? Um, so I don't, I don't, I definitely don't hate Skaronsky. I, I do love him as the number one overall tackle here. 
Um, and I, you know, him going to Vegas, I think is the only positive for Vegas. Uh, I do think though, again, if, if you're the Raiders, you're kind of looking at the rest of this board. You're like, man, there's a lot of athletes out there. And you know, the old Raiders picks the old Raiders mantra of athletes, athletes, athletes starts to sneak into the back of their heads. But I think Josh McDaniels will keep a cool head, like you said, and, and probably go and should, should, should go offensive tackle here with Skaronsky. So definitely like that pick. But yeah. that'll take us into the newly minted number eight pick, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, as as we just talked about, the Cardinals trading with the Falcons, and this threw, I, I gotta say this kind of threw a little 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 wrench in my system here. Uh, I I didn't know, you know, where it was gonna come, but obviously the Anthony Richardson to Atlanta, that the, the, the number three pick. They have Arizona now here at the number eight pick, and Arizona has a lot of stuff they need they do fill in in the in the trenches. But was Karonsky just going ahead of them? I do think this is where they just pull the trigger and say, forget it. I'm going to go with the guy that's been the most impressive offensive lineman in the combine. And that's going to be Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. I actually have Darnell Wright sliding ahead of Paris Johnson Jr. here because Paris Johnson hadn't looked good so far, didn't really test well uh, in the few tests that he did do. And then, you know, you have Darnell Wright looked smooth, complete, everything efficient for this Cardinals, this new head, new head coaching staff here in the, for Arizona as well. So uh, I do think they're going to go Darnell Wright here out of Tennessee. Kind of the first, I'd say, upset pick as far as that, what we've had so far, as far as not really maybe the top guy at that position in a lot of people's eyes. Very interesting as well, too. And I think testing-wise, he is definitely climbing. Some places have him as like offensive tackle four through five. Some of them have him in the top two or three. So I think he could be a definite climber in these next few weeks leading up. And he could be that one that everyone's like, oh, we expected maybe the 30s early second round. And Arizona's like, we're not wasting any time. We're keeping – Whenever Kyler comes back, we're going to keep him alive. That's our goal. So I, yeah. I like it. A big mauling body and a heavy pass offense is what he's coming from, too. So you got to trust him in those passing situations. Love to spread out. Like He's great in a spread type of system, too, which if when you have Kyler, you kind of need that system as well. Um, also not the biggest tackle. So when you talk about Kyler Murray as your quarterback, kind of a helpful situation as far as height-wise goes. Um, he is not the tallest guy out there. But I do think this is one of those situations. Like I personally, before the before the combine, I really didn't have him. I'm like five in the tackle rankings. But seeing what he did in the in the in the combine kind of pushed him up the board for me. Obviously, again, pro day could change that again. But I think so far he's he's climbed the ranks. He impressed me enough in the combine that I, I I'm going to take him here number two overall tackle. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to take us now to the Chicago Bears now sitting at number nine. Who? In a few mock drafts I've done, I had them even popping back up a little bit. But for this one, we're going to have them stay in put. I think they're getting DJ Moore, your receiver spot is pretty well locked down. I think for agency, they're going to be very active, especially on the offensive line. There's rumors that Ryan Kelly, the center, might be available. There's plenty of good offensive linemen in free agency. So I think they're going to address that. I think defense is what they're going to attack a lot in this draft. And I look at Tyree Wilson, the edge from Texas Tech, hanging out there at number nine. The guy a lot of people have talked about could go number five to Seattle as well, too. There's... Talk he could be in that, obviously, Will Anderson's edge one to just about everybody. Tyree Wilson's basically firmly almost locked into that edge two for a lot of people as well. So if you can get him at nine, a guy you might have taken at four or five if you took one of those other trades, that's a pretty good That's a pretty good pick for the Bears, and you have those extra picks to fill it out as well. So arguably the best player on the board and a position of need, check and check. No, I love this pick. Um, you know, I, I think this is one that I honestly thought about it, you know, at number six, potentially taking him instead of Jalen Carter. And, and again, that might be the case that Detroit might take Tyree at six instead of taking Jalen Carter. Again, just depending on how the, how comfortable they are with all that situation ha- happening or if things come out. So, yeah, I love the, I love this Tyree Wilson pick. A guy that's been really, again, talk about board climbers. He's been climbing a lot of boards, especially in this offseason, been answering questions so perfectly. And then the more you go back and watch his tape, the more you find the small things that you end up liking about him. And then – he also has the athleticism to kind of cover up the smaller mistakes that he makes that uh, at the next level that maybe he won't get away with, but at the same time can do enough to get away with it just enough, if you will. Exactly. And one thing you really like to see from uh, from basically trench players as well, too, especially defensive linemen, is you like to see the wingspan. And he has a wingspan of, let me just make sure I get this number correct here as well, too. 86 inches, which for those, for five fans, that is a longer reach than John. That's a longer wingspan than John Jones. So, yeah, I like a good luck getting your hands on him, offensive lineman. If nothing else, he has some things you can't teach. So Tyree Wilson, I think he might even go higher than this. But if he's sitting there at nine, the Bears are like, well, this worked out. We were to take him at four. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I I really do like this pick a lot.
But that's going to take us to the number 10 pick here, and that is the runners-up here this last season, the Philadelphia Eagles getting this pick through New Orleans. Um, and, look, they got a couple needs here that might be, might open up here on the defensive line. But seeing Tyree Wilson go off the board, you're just kind of like, all right, well, uh, I don't feel as comfortable with that. And looking across the rest of the board, maybe something that you might need and something that kind of got exposed in the Super Bowl is James Bradbury. You might need to find that replacement for for Mr. Bradbury. Uh, And there just so happens to be the guy that had an exceptional combine out of Oregon and Christian Gonzalez sitting there. And I think number 10 right here, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, slides to the Philadelphia Eagles. And now you have Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Christian Gonzalez. Obviously, Bradbury might stick around, might not. We'll see. Uh, but you have some, tr- you have a young, talented, fast, we just learned, corner mm-hmm. in Christian Gonzalez, who is a big body. And you have Darius Slay there, who is literally the exact same as Christian Gonzalez coming out of college after we found out his results. And you're going to tell him, you're gonna, hey, just, just watch what Slay does and go do that on the <laughs> other side. Uh, so if you're, if you're an Eagles fan, you love this opportunity. And again, this is just the way the Jazz sh- shook out. The Christian Gonzalez here ends up at number 10. I like that pick. I'm a huge Christian Gonzalez guy. Right now I have him as CB1B for the rankings. We have some, there's a lot to work with there, but seeing Christian Gonzalez go off at number 10, I think we're, that's going to take us now to pick number 11 with the Tennessee Titans. And you know what? It's about that time again. It's been a few minutes. We got ourselves another trade here. As I see Pittsburgh trading up and we know in the Mike Tomlin era, they have been aggressive for players that they want trading a first from Inca Fitzpatrick trading to go get players that they want. They don't think twice about it. So they're going to climb up to number 11. Tennessee is going to trade back as they look to be in a pretty clear rebuilding or at least retooling to rebuild, letting a lot of veterans go, clearing cap space, that sort of thing. And I think here they get some extra picks. Steelers trade up, and we talked about it last year with Kenny Pickett, the Pittsburgh guy keeping him at home. It just kind of felt right. Well, they're going to double down on that this year. They're going to go homegrown Joey Porter Jr. They're going to trade up to go get an outside corner to add on to that defense as well. Joey Porter is a guy you're very high on as well, and I think a lot of people really are. A fantastic corner, can play inside, can play outside. Not a whole lot of holes in his game. Very, very physical, as you'd imagine, being Joey Porter's son, and very good in coverage. So I think they trade up, they get their guy, and they continue to fortify the defense because you know they're going to get some. They're going to get all pro level receivers in like the fifth round. It's just what they do. Offensive linemen, I think, I think the ones they wanted would probably already be gone by now. So I think they're willing to just go get a playmaker to add with Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt in that defense because. That division, you with Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, what well, we don't have it being Lamar Jackson, but if he is still there, you got to get some stops. You got to try and find a way to get some stops. So I think they go with Joey Porter to get some takeaways. You know, I don't hate that at all by any means. And I'd even add in, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of slot him into the box there uh, as that sort of like big body. And we've talked about this before with Joey Porter. He is a bigger body guy. So you could easily slot him in as that slot, slot type of corner. Let them handle anybody or any tight ends that you face, which in their division, you might have to worry about a couple of them here and there. David Njoku being number one uh, that you probably have to worry about. Mark Andrews probably, well, actually more likely Mark Andrews being number one, depending on what the quarterback situation is. And then David Njoku being number one, number two. Um, but yeah, you definitely need, need a guy like like Joey Porter Jr. to slide in there. And I, I do love the idea of, of moving up here. I am kind of surprised there's another guy out there I thought maybe might go ahead of Joey Porter, um, but I, 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 you know what? Again, I'm a big Joey Porter Jr. fan, so don't mind this in the least whatsoever. Him going to Pittsburgh, I think that's a, that's a very, very interesting pick here, especially with them trading up to get him. Absolutely, you got they, Mike Tomlin loves to go get his guys regardless. He does not think twice about. It, doesn't care what anyone else says. He will go find his guys. He's done that his whole time, and it's worked pretty well. Exactly, but that'll take us to number twelve here, and it's the Houston Texans getting this pick. Well, by the way, from a Cleveland team who still. We just mentioned does not have a number one pick uh, first round pick here. So the Texans on the clock, you know, they just took Bryce Young. What better to go with Bryce Young than maybe an offensive lineman to protect him here. And uh, the last offensive lineman off the board, you had Darnell, Wright, But that left a lot of guys there sitting there that are, that are pretty talented. And I'm going to say Paris Johnson jr. Here slides right into the Texans wheelhouse. They love him and he will just fit perfectly with their team. Um, I do think he's the he's the guy that'll help make Bryce Young's life a little bit easier as well, considering you're not sure about the health of some of your offensive linemen for the Texans. This is going to be one that you hopefully Paris Johnson, who, by the way, I think only missed two games in his career at Ohio State, will just slot in and just Iron Man it out. Um, so give me Paris Johnson Jr. here to the Texans at number 12. 
put him opposite Laramie Tunzel and your quarterback with Bryce Young, he feels a lot more comfortable there. Maybe even more so than he felt at Alabama with how their offensive line was performing last year. So you got two bookend tackles. You're feeling pretty good in Houston with your new quarterback. He feels a lot safer, but as well too. And Damian Pierce is going to like those outside zones with those two on the edge. So oh, I like that. I love it. That's going to take us now to pick number 13. And this was, this is now the Packers on the clock, courtesy of the Jets. And funny part is I had this pick going to, this pick player was going to the Jets or the Packers. It's the same way. It doesn't matter who's taking them. It was initially Paris Johnson for me, but since he is gone, you go right down the list and you go with Broderick Jones, the big offensive lineman out of Georgia. As you mentioned, the Jets and the Packers both could use an offensive lineman. The Packers, you you have your young quarterback. You want to keep him upright. You want to, you have the young receivers. Let them kind of mold together. Why not get in? Why not just fortify? Make sure he's he's up and healthy. Could probably start on the right side op, opposite David Bakhtiari if David Bakhtiari comes back healthy. We'll see what goes on there. But keep keep that running game strong. Keep keep your own quarterback protected. Broderick Jones with the first of two Packers first round picks. Or if the Jets are still here, they're still taking the offensive line. And so either way, Broderick Jones or Paris Johnson is going right here for. Yeah, I think this is the perfect pick here for the Packers at this spot. Uh, at, thir- at 13, or whether it be the Jets here taking Broderick Jones, I think that just makes sense to take that offensive lineman. I mean, you really do need him. Uh, there are no questions that you need need him from either team. Uh, you got what? Bakhtiari retirement. Yeah, all the other injuries. Like, you need something out there. Uh, and then for the Jets, just you, there's, you're a couple pieces away. Like, you you are a couple pieces away, and that, that tackle, that that – you know, combo tackle type of player is probably top of the list for you. Um, so by all means, I do think that's that's the way they go here. Um, I do I do like that pick a lot. So that'll take us to those stubborn Sith Faders, if you will, the New England Patriots. What will the magic man, the Sith Lord himself, Bill Belichick, come up with here with the New England Patriots? You know, it's there's a lot of actually. I have a they, they have a lot of holes to fill. They can go offense here with running back, wide receiver. Uh, you can go offensive line. You can put it on the defensive line as well. And that's where I'm going here. I'm going an edge rusher. Could be a combo edge rusher, outside linebacker for this Patriots team, and a guy that just showed his freakish talent and his and and he's shown in his career he can slide in and, in and out of multiple positions. Going Nolan Smith from Georgia here to New England. Um, it was tough though because I really, really thought maybe they take a running back, uh, but I, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I was I had to hesitate before I before I did it, and so I think Nolan Smith is what Bill Belichick wants, and and he, he wants to get that defense back in prime. So this is where I think Nolan Smith goes. A pretty good defense last year. You add in Nolan Smith, who, in my opinion, was a top ten player coming into the year. Unfortunately, the injuries kind of derailed that a little bit. But then you saw what he did at the combine. I think he, if he's there at 14 fit in this area too, Bill Peters is like, oh, okay, a 4-3 edge that I can throw all over the place. I can rush him from a safety spot probably if I want to. Yes, please, because you know how much Bill loves just get plug and play. He loves players, not positions, basically. Nolan Smith, I think, can yeah. optimize a lot of that. And good luck with these mobile quarterbacks in space. Nolan Smith, we saw him track down Bryce showing in that national championship game like it was nothing. He's going to feel comfortable with a, lot of these, with a lot of these AFC quarterbacks in space. I like this pick a lot. Which, yeah, it's just, it's it's kind of like you talk about positional positionless basketball. Uh, Bill Belichick, if he could have the opportunity, he would pay, play positionless football on defense. Um, and this is just one one further step of getting there. A bunch of four three guys that can go tackle anybody. That's what it seems to be. What he enjoys. Absolutely, and that's going to take me as now I am the designated Packers draft guys. We are back with the Packers here with their actual pick, and there's a little bit more on the board than what I initially anticipated. But I'm still going to keep it pretty simple here. I think there's going to take the best player on the board, and that's Devin Witherspoon, the corner out of Illinois. Arguably, cornerback one can play really well on the inside, can play on the outside a little short, not as freaky as Gonzalez and Porter on the outside, but you could play him outside and be fine. Almost like he's you could play him just about anywhere. He's probably the best corner in the draft, just a little more physically limited, but still very good. You have Yair Alexander, you have Razul Douglas, you have a good, you already have good pieces on defense, just fortifies it even more because you have these two picks and. I think at this point, we already know they're not taking a receiver in the first round. That is the Packer way we have learned as of recently. I don't think they're going to change that this year as well, too, because there's not. So give me Devin Witherspoon. Just add on to that defense a little more. Try and build a very well-rounded unit around the young Jordan Love. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely don't hate that pick at all. Um, I uh, I will say it will throw a, a wrench into my my future plans here uh, <laughs> as Devin Witherspoon goes off the board a little earlier than I was, I was, I was hoping he would. I was hoping he might sneak a couple picks down. Uh, but I do look, I love this pick. Devin, Devin Witherspoon, in a lot of ways, kind of one B for me at corner. Uh, one A, obviously, being Christian Gonzalez, who went off the board earlier. 
Um, and then Joey Porter was a two for me. That's why it surprised me that they, that Devin Witherspoon goes before or goes after Joey Porter. But uh, I, I do really like this pick. I think for for filling a need and filling a future need for the Packers uh, long term, I think that that solidifies this spot right here for for sure. But that'll take us into what, pick number sixteen already. We're already halfway through the draft now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as there are only thirty one picks this year. So that's going to take us to the Commanders here at pick number sixteen. And what can I say that the commanders need? Uh, well, I don't know what they don't need, and that is a running back. So they don't need a running back. Well, you might need a quarterback. I don't know. Sam Howell. Are you comfortable with Sam Howell? Meh, is there anything left in this draft at quarterback? Jackson, they said so. Yeah. Are, are, you, are you comfortable with anything left in this draft at, 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 at quarterback? Probably not. So you're like, all right, I'll, I'll rock with Sam Howell. Do you need a receiver? No, you got Scary Terry out there. You do have Curtis Samuel, who has played, played really well last year. You also have Jahan Dotson as well, who – I mean, talk about a talent. That's a young talent right there. Potentially could go get a tight end here. There are lots of tight ends on this in this draft that are a big fan favorite, but I do think it's too early for tight ends. And looking at the rest of their offense, well, there's just a whole lot of holes on that offensive line. You don't really need to look at their defense first. I don't think they're looking to fill a defensive hole, especially with any of the corners that are available here. So I'm going to go and slide actually into the offensive line. And look, is it that if you look at tackle, top four tackles, off the board already but you look at guard and there's a guy here out of ohio state that i think snuck up a few boards you know i know he snuck up my board for sure uh, during the combine and that's luke whipler i think luke whipler here is the opportunity for the commanders to get an interior offensive lineman probably going to be more of a guard than a center but i do think he is going to slide in there at that at a guard position can help you out for 10 15 years to go to come for, for now on team known for its uh pig-like fans if you will uh sure love the interior offensive line so luke whipler here might be the more might be the more questionable pick of all the of all the picks so far in the draft but i i think this might be one that that's going to just be turn into a perennial pro like he's just going to be a he's going to be a pro and that's going to be it like like you may not hear super super big talents about him may not see him in a pro bowl but he's going to still be a starting pro offensive offensive guard probably for the next 10 years it's the pick that will be questioned a lot like that was the sexy pick but if the if Sam Howell does have that kind of game to him, that that could be the reason the Commanders go to the playoffs next year. Kind of like when the Cowboys took Fred, Travis Frederick back in the day. It's like really a center at like pick seventeen or twenty or whatever it was. What were you thinking? Then they go on a playoff run, and this they've been basically elite running the ball ever since then with different backs and different even after he left too. So I think this could be this could be that type of pick as well too, where they have a lot of good players. It just didn't come together last year. If Sam Howell has that it factor, or if they bring in somebody else. This could be one of those one of those picks that really catapults them. So I like that one a lot too. As a Cowboys fan, you probably don't as much, but that is now going to take us to pick number seventeen. And you know what? This tra- we have ourselves another trade to announce here as well too. But this one doesn't have to do with this, this current pick, but it's going to make sense here. Is we now have the Tennessee Titans. They're going to trade Derrick Henry, who has been reportedly been being shopped in the offseason to the Buffalo Bills for pick number twenty-seven. And I'm sure there'll be some other smaller things swapped around in there, but we're not going to get into that. So. The Titans, while already on the clock, this is just a fair warning for what's to come earlier. We're going to see the Titans again, and the Bills have an absolute bulldozer in their backfield, and now they got Derrick Henry to go with him. So that, that is something to keep an eye on as well. But that's good. the reason we announced that now is because at 17, the Titans are going to take quite possibly the best player left on the board. They're going to take Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas. I think, as we mentioned earlier when they traded, they're clearly in all but a rebuild mode at this point. It feels like they are loading up. They're like, all right, we're going to suck this year, but we're going to have a talented team that maybe get one of those quarterbacks next year or something like that. Or maybe reload everything around with young players and Tannehill can carry us. They, I don't think they, I think they're just kind of stuck in no man's land and they've accepted it. Bring in B. John Robinson. You got a stud running back for five years with it before you even have to pay it. And I think that gets Derek, that gets Derek Henry off the books. You'd save some money. It just kind of makes sense at this point. Might be a little bit early for Robinson, but I don't think they risk missing him later from somebody else popping up. No, uh, you know, I like it. I, I, I love the pick. I, we talked about this when we did our top 10 uh, on, on in the in this draft class. Like, Bijan Robinson is a top 10 guy, without a doubt. Like, easily top 10. Honestly, probably could make an argument for top five total talents in this draft. Maybe he didn't have the best combine, but that's okay because we've seen what he can do on the field against all-world talent. And he is still still a stud. So I think this is a, probably an underrated pick. And and again, this goes in this new trend of not taking running backs for a first or in a first round or not giving up a first rounder. Well, we just saw 
the Buffalo Bills just willing to give up a first rounder for Derrick Henry, and then the Titans here now taking that pick and then getting a first round pick in in Bijan Robinson in a running back. So uh, maybe the trend might be might be flipping. Maybe we're just putting our wishful thinking into this draft. Who knows? Uh, but I, I do like this pick for sure for Bijan Robinson to Tennessee, a, a team that look we all know they love to run the ball. So you got to get the best best running back if you're going to ship ship out the the current king, if you will. And that Bills uh, backfield gets absolutely terrifying, especially in those goal-to-go and short-yarded situations. Like, which one do we deal with? Because either way, it's going to hurt between Josh Allen and Derrick Henry. So that's going to be something to keep an eye out for as well. But all right, back on the lines again. So it looks like I'm the designated Packers guy. You're the designated Lions guy, the way this is going right now, as we both, we're both covering both of their picks. Fitting, considering how many times I picked the Lions as my island during fourth and four this last season. So uh, it, it, does, it does make sense. Um, but no, this Lions team... This is where I hope Devin Witherspoon fell down to. I didn't think he would actually make it. This was very wishful thinking that he gets down to 18 uh, because they do need a DB. They, you know, that's the one Achilles Hill I think that really hurt them late last year was not having that other DB uh, on the other side. But I don't think that's where they go here because of Devin Witherspoon being off the board. I, one of the positions they have a giant hole, a massive hole in is linebacker. And Dan Campbell loves his athletes, that's for sure. That's why you got Martinez. That's that's what, what what they got Aiden Hutchinson for. They're, they're they're athletes. So a guy that showed his athleticism in the combine and probably snuck up quite a few boards in the offseason uh, and and should continue to do so during his pro day. And and maybe I'm biased here, but I'm gonna go Owen Popo surprises everybody here as the first inside linebacker off the board. Yeah, yeah, that's the exact look I was hoping for. <laughs> When you got two first round picks, you can you got a little bit more leeway, especially when one's in the top six. So this would be definitely an interesting pick as well. That's definitely an interesting one. He's he, if he wants to put him in the build of like what we saw Devin White and those type of guys, he has, he has all the measurables to do something like that. Yeah. It, okay. So here's the thing: you break this down. If this was last year and Owen Popo came out of the, in the draft last year, he's top two top two inside linebackers last year was always top two inside linebacker throughout his entire career. The reason why he fell, fell between last year and this year, he had, an, he had a wrist injury. Didn't play much at the end of last season. Comes in this season, doesn't really play much again because that wrist injury and then all the stuff going on around Auburn. Goes to the combine, shows absolute freakish nature here. And you take the, the way they love to play defense there in Detroit is kind of more of a dime system anyways, dime and nickel. You have two linebackers or you need an extra speed guy in there. And Martinez, while he's great, he's not as speedy as Owen Popo. So you get there, get Owen Popo in this team, you start to solidify that, that defensive core. And next thing you know, who knows where, where Detroit might end up being. But they were already just out, just missing the playoffs this year. I think adding a linebacker here is, is kind of where I go with this. Throw a haul on that team in the later rounds as well, and you might find yourself as an official Detroit Lions fan at that point. Hey, maybe. maybe, maybe I might already be. I don't know at this point in time. I don't even know what team I'm a fan of anymore. That, that's a fair point as well, too. Just a just fan of all of it. But that's going to take us to number 19, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team with holes across the board, honestly, right now. They have a lot of needs, and they are in salary cap hell. They're, they're secondary, and their defense is going to take a hit. So we're going to look at the cornerback position, and we're going to take Deontay Banks, the corner out of Maryland. Freakish athlete, highest-rated corner left on the board. They probably weren't going to get those other guys, but they don't. They have too many holes to bother trading up for. They got it. They got a lot to build on. Rumors they're looking at Baker Mayfield in the offseason that they're really they're really looking to bring him in to compete with Kyle Trask. So maybe that's the route they go offensively. And I think defensively, they Jamel Dean's probably gone. Carlton Davis, we'll see as well too. Like they they're gonna they're gonna have some holes in the secondary. So there's something to keep an eye out for as well. Plus they're getting old. They are they got really old really quick the last year. Or so I'm gonna say they take Deontay Banks just to fortify that secondary, which has already been leaky the last couple of years anyway. A la Cooper Cup in the fourth quarter. I respect that. Uh, I I will say uh, again, kind of. I know you have him as the highest rated left on your board. For me, I have a I have a different highest rated left on my board for for DB there at corner. Um, so, you know, interesting interesting to see him go off the board. But I I don't again, not hating it by any means whatsoever. I do like Deontay Banks. I do think he's a he, he's going to be a great NFL corner. Um, just didn't test well, and that I think that's just one of those things. Doesn't doesn't test the greatest in the world, but at the end of the day, you, you see it on tape. fantastic player. So I I do like this pick a lot, Uh, but that'll take us to number 20 here. And that's Seattle got lucky. They picked up Will Anderson earlier in this draft. And now you're like, okay, well, what do I, what do I need to fill here? Maybe. And and this is where I say, like when they pick up an edge as early as they did, 
as lucky as they did and as, and as good as Will Anderson is, I mean, here at 20, you have the, the, the world is your oyster at this point in time. It really feels like, but I'm going to go that interior defensive line here as where is really where I'm going to focus at. And I'm going to go Brian Breesey out of Clemson. I think Brian Breesey here is, is kind of the guy that, that showed up during the, the combine more than anybody else there um, from Clemson. I think he was maybe the best show for, for Clemson uh, defensive players this during the, the combine. And outside of Jalen Carter, really, he was number two. Um, and really has been number two really his entire time in, in going into this draft. Uh, but just really solidified himself number two. But And that's just because Jalen Carter is kind of a freak. So I have, have him kind of doubling down here on this interior defensive line. Just, you know what, let's just, instead of Legion of Boom, we're going to make a Legion of Doom, if you will, in, in the defensive line here. And, and just make it as deadly as possible. Uh, so going next to Shelby Harris, though, I'll have Brian Breesey. All right, that very interesting as well too. I think that keep get not the first Clemson guy that not the one we expect to be the first Clemson guy off the board as well too. But you are you could have made a case that the Seahawks took the other one earlier, but instead getting Breesy here late at twenty. So the defensive line they can use some fortifying on. I think Breesy will definitely help the interior a lot since they decided to go at not take Carter earlier. In this instead, you have Breesy in the middle here. So I think that's a good fit for him as well. That's going to now take us to the Los and Los Angeles Chargers. I initially was going to have them take Jalen Hyatt here, but the way our board fell, there's a little bit of something different looking there. And I'm going to have them take Zay Flowers, the receiver out of Boston College. Extreme route running. He has flown from an early second round pick to a guaranteed almost top 20, all but guaranteed to be a top 20-ish pick right now is what it feels like they've been saying about him. 4-4-140, clean route running, good size. The Chargers, they need somebody who can get open quickly in the slot. They need some speed to utilize Justin Herbert's arm. Zay Flowers has that and the ability to separate his pro comp is Tyler Lockett. Did that with Justin Herbert's arm? Check, please. Double team Mike, Mike Williams. Well, suddenly Zay Flowers has nine yards of separation on the backside. So Chargers are salivating the opportunity to get arguably the best receiver in the draft here with Zay Flowers. Yeah, no, love the pick with Zay Flowers. Uh, a guy that we talked about potentially coming out last year as, as, as a possibility there. Um, obviously chose not to, chose to stay in for one more season and uh, kind of really well, did his thing um, in the best ways possible. And so I definitely, definitely love the, love the pick there. Um, but again, not my, not personally my top rated receiver, but I, you know, I do love him as a top two picks, top two, three guy. And, and for the chargers, I think he's perfect for everything the chargers need, um, but that'll take us here to 22 to those Baltimore Ravens who earlier, well, they went and got Will Levis. Now you need to throw the ball to somebody other than Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews. Maybe. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. Uh, that's where I have them going there because you just saw Zay Flowers go off the board. I'm actually going to go here, and I'm going to go. They're going to take Quinton Johnston out of TCU. I think they're just going to be like, you know what? Double down on the freak of nature's out there. Let's just give, give Will Levis every opportunity. Do what we didn't do for Lamar at receiver. We're going to give Will Levis every opportunity for a quality receiver and give Mark Andrews a little bit of relief there. So I'm going to take Quentin Johnson here at, from TCU as the guy for Baltimore. All right, good. You know what? That big, fast receiver on the outside, big, strong, rocket arm quarterback, elite tight end, Rashad Bateman, big, strong, fast, and can run clean routes. You got you might have a, you might have a different type of – you have a very different-looking offense next year in Baltimore than what we've seen the last few years, that's for sure. As athletic as Levis is – you're not going to do with him what you did with Lamar plus Greg Roman's out. So curious to see how they're able to basically flip 180 degree flip things. If what we've talked about today does transpire as well, even if Lamar's still there, Quentin Johnson's a great pick. So it gives him a big body guy down the field that he hasn't really had. So this seems this is a really good pick for them as well, especially if he's down this far as well. That's a really good pick. Next, we're going to yeah, check and it's out. just it just kind of I mean just kind of the way our board shook out is you know you there's actually honestly a lot of receivers that could have gone here, but I just think that's the one that gives. Both either quarterback or maybe even, you know, Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley, uh, the opportunity to have somebody to throw the ball to. Well, we're probably going to see a run of, run of those receivers coming up here shortly, but it's not going to start here at pick 23, as we are now talking with the Minnesota Vikings, who they have a lot of holes they could definitely bring in a receiver to fill in for Adam Thielen, but I don't think that's their biggest need. What they really need is everything related to defense whatsoever. They have a lot of holes, and there's a lot of good players left, so I think they're going to go with someone who everyone wants to project in the top 10, but we both have him slip. I'm going to take Lucas Van Ness here, the edge out of Iowa. I think they're going to bring him in. Zadarius Smith asking for his release. Daniel Hunter has been a little banged up. 
We'll see if they grant the release, but they need defense in abundance. You need to get after the passer. Lucas Van Ness is a stout run defender. Just makes sense. And he had a really good combine showing as well. So arguable top 15 players slipping down to 23. I think the Vikings will take this one nine times out of 10. Yeah, I think that's a that's an easy pick for a team that just they love their outside rushers, it feels like. Um, and and if look, depending on what happens with 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 uh Zedarius, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. They obviously said early on, no, he's not going anywhere. However, we've seen that play out very many times, and it, it turns out to be completely something different. Like you know, by by two weeks later, by the draft time, it's like, oh, you know, instead, bye. Like there, there, there's the door. See you later. So uh, you have to wait and see. But I do love the pick Van Ness, a guy that on a lot of boards are is way ahead of where we're, where we had him slip here, slip here too. But uh, I just think again, this is the kind of the way that the draft day shakes out. We always have that one guy that falls for no reason, and I think Van Ness might be that guy. So, mm-hmm. but that'll take us here to pick number twenty four. And ladies and gentlemen, it would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. However, there is a trade. And I do think, feel like I do need to make a caveat of this because it is the Cowboys and I'm the designated Cowboys fan on the show. Technically wasn't my idea for this trade, but I'll ride with it because I do like the idea of them trading up here, getting to pick number 24 and the Jaguars taking pick number 26. So that's going to put the Cowboys here on the board and the Jags will slide down to that 26 pick. But the Cowboys moving up and, you know, when this was originally presented – I love the idea because this is where they we talked about receivers. They just fell. Like our receiving core, like everybody just fell down this board. So I have them coming up here and picking up Jackson Smith and Jigba here at number 24. And again, maybe I'm biased and gave Quentin Johnson to the Ravens so I can give JSN to, to the Cowboys. I don't know. I don't know how this worked out subconsciously, but JSN to the to the Cowboys. I think one of the best receivers in this draft class, maybe the best receiver in this draft class, but didn't see him play for a whole season. And for a lot of people, that does hamper them uh, on their opinion, me included in Jackson Smith. I, I do think he slid just because he didn't play for a season. Granted, what he did at the Combine, stupid. <laughs> like, he looked fantastically smooth, fantastically efficient and athletic. And the last player that we saw didn't play for a year and get drafted in the first round, and Jamar Chase, well, let's just say he's a fantastic rookie as well. So we're going to go Jackson Smith to Jigba here to the Cowboys at pick number 24, which will take us to... What, what 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 do you think about that? If JSN runs a four three like Jamar Chase did after all that time, I don't think he's going to make it this far. I think that I think it is a wrap. I think if he if he runs a relatively good forty, you know what? I will have to retract. Say Flowers getting taken early. I have to retract a lot of these picks. If he runs like if he runs like a four four or better as well, so he's definitely a good pick here for the Cowboys and just gives them another weapon to get open opposite CD Lamb as well. So that the reason I presented that trade in the first place was because they wanted to jump the New York Giants here at pick number 25, who are in a similar market. And you know what? They still get a guy that I think they might even have in a similar spot on the board. They're going to take the receiver out of USC, Jordan Addison. Smooth route running. Pretty good 40 time. Not great, but not bad as well. We were hoping for a little bit faster to get dinged up so we didn't get to see him do the drills. But I just think very smooth, very athletic. We've seen him with Kenny Pickett and Caleb Williams. Just finds a way to be productive. And the Giants, need they need playmakers on the outside. It can't just be Hodgins. It shouldn't honestly even be Hodgins whatsoever. But so I think they begin reloading that receiving core with their new hundred million dollar man, Daniel Jones, back there. And why not get him somebody that can get open quick, fast, in a hurry like Jordan Addison? Yeah, I, I like Jordan Addison. Um, again, if you guys watched our our draft combine recap, you know that he was my loser from the draft combine. That's more down to his his measurables. Just happens to be the way. It is. I didn't think Jordan Addison should be number two on the wide receiver board. It's not number one on some people's board anyways. Um, I do find him more of a number four or five guy, which, hey, nothing wrong with that. Let's just not forget, he was Kenny Pickett's number one target uh, in, at Pitt. And so he he lit it up with Kenny Pickett. So I definitely love Jordan Addison. I just I didn't love him as much as I love some of the other guys that are, that are up there for sure. Um, but that'll take us to number 26. That is now the Jacksonville Jaguars taking over for the Cowboys here as we just talked about their trade. And with the Jaguars, there's a lot of different holes here that that need to be filled. I mean, there's they're they're, they're almost there, right? Like that's that's how it feels. Like it feels like they are they could they could almost be there. And I'm going to go and dive into the SEC and dive back into that offensive line and I'm going to go get a guard again and I'm going to go get Osiris Torrance as that guy. I think Osiris Torrance out of Florida Probably had one of the better showings in a lot of in a lot of places, uh, in a lot of people's opinions in the combine. But I just for me wasn't the number one guard there. 
But Osiris Torrance does have the capability. He's one of those guys who plays better than he looks on in testing. So I'm going to go here, right here, Jacksonville. Goes and tries to save Trevor Lawrence even a little bit more than normal. Um, trying to make sure he stays as pretty boy sunshine as they can make him, um, if you will. And, yeah, they're going to go get an offensive lineman here and get Osiris Torrance. So it's a very good pickup as well. So you can never have too much protection for your young franchise quarterback as well, too. That's going to now take us to our next pick at 27, which would be the Bills, but it is now the Titans, courtesy of a Derrick Henry trade as well. So we got the Titans back on the clock. And as we mentioned earlier, I feel like they're just they're in the process of a complete retool, reload, rebuild, which means they're going to be looking at arguably the best players on the board. And someone who I did not, I don't think will slip just because of some of the weird comps he is getting. He, but he finds himself there. Mike Vrabel is going to sprint that cut up there. I like Kalia Kansi, the de- interior defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh. Everyone's comparing him to Aaron Donald. Freak athlete. Pair him next to Jeffrey Simmons as well, too. You know Mike Vrabel salivating at some of the defensive fronts and different stunts that he could pull off with those two as well. Jeffrey Simmons got to get paid next year. So if you don't pay him next year, you have an interior defensive lineman you feel comfortable with. So Titans grabbing Kalia Kansi, who's arguably a top 15 player on a lot of people's boards, all the way down here with their second first round pick. And there's a lot of good players left. So I think the Titans are just like, well, can't really go wrong here. We'll take that guy. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's a, that's a great pick there um, for sure. I, I mean, I, yeah, there's a, it's, it's hard because you, you when you compare him to a guy like Aaron Donald, that means there's a lot of expectations. But a lot of people forget Aaron Donald his first couple of years wasn't really that dude um so if he can compare to early on aaron donald and just be an efficient defensive tackle and then develop into a better defensive tackle as he goes i think that's perfect for the titans um plus still you have jeffrey simmons right there so you don't you don't hate life right now with having a young young talent next to jeffrey simmons You, you feel pretty good about that but that'll take us here to pick number 28 and that's those cincinnati Bengals, the bungles whatever you want to call them if you will uh losing a lot of pieces defensively this this offseason and sliding down the board for us, kind of surprisingly, I will say. I think I think some people might be a little surprised he's down here. Some people might not be. I don't know. Um, I personally am kind of surprised he fell this far. And that's Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. I think this is where Emmanuel Forbes goes. I think Cincinnati, you need that DB. You need somebody that's going to be quick, be able to keep up with any, any sort of pacey receiver. And Emmanuel Forbes proved that he is actually a guy that can keep up with some pace here uh, in the in the combine. So we'll see if he can turn that into performance on the field. And this is just another Mississippi State cornerback that goes in the first round. Hopefully this one pans out a little bit better than the last one in Minnesota. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. But I do think Emmanuel Forbes, this is this is his opportunity right here in Cincinnati. You can't go wrong with Cincinnati. Just trying to get as much as you can on defense, especially the young rookie contracts, because there's a lot of money go- about to go into that offense between T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow. There's about... 87% of your cap space, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So getting as many young contracts as you can on defense is the smart case here. That's not going to take us to pick number 29. And the team with the first-round pick, the New Orleans Saints. Who would have thought, right? They found them after all their trading of picks and all their manipulating the salary cap and all the weird stuff they do. They find themselves with a first-round pick with new quarterback Derek Carr. You got to keep Derek Carr protected. You want to keep him upright. So I'm going to give him tackle Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. Some people have him in the top 20 overall players. Some people have him in the top 30. Either way, he's usually about a top five, six offensive offensive lineman, offensive tackle. I think at this point, your defense, you're feeling pretty sound with. Offensively, you got some receivers. We'll see what happens with Alvin Kamara. But So, you know what? Just get an offensive line. Just fortify that offensive line. But you lost Tron Armstead last year. See if you can replace some of that production with Anton Harrison. Yeah, I, I definitely don't mind this one at all. Um, I think this is, a, this is a good pick here. Anton Harrison, guy that slides in really my number five tackle. Um, so it's kind of perfect that he goes right here, which is pretty much the number five tackle <laughs> at the, to New Orleans. Um, so yeah, I definitely like it. And, and yeah, like you said, you, you missed that Tur- Toronto said position there. So you need to try to find somebody to, to fill that hole and, uh, probably doesn't fill it right away, but you'll feel comfortable with it. at this point in time, Derek Carr's much happier than anybody named Alex Leatherwood being at right tackle. That's, that's for sure. So, and you get to put Penning inside at that point as well, too, or potentially Penning goes left tackle, but Anton Harrison inside. it gives you a lot of versatile offensive line pieces to hopefully keep Derek Carr upright at a very, very mediocre division. Exactly. Which will take us back to the second pick here for the runners up in last year's Super Bowl. And again, I'm looking at defense with this team and you know, there's a lot of opportunity here. Um, you could, really go anywhere uh defensively and just like it feels like they just kind of need to fill in positions um but i'm actually gonna go safety and i'm i'm gonna take a take a flyer here on this one 
I'm gonna go Sidney Brown here, a guy who impressed a lot at the Senior Bowl. And if you look at the look at the the Eagles, how long can you rely on CJ Gardner Johnson? Well, he's in free agency, so they won't be relying on him a whole lot more. (laughs) There you go. You have an open hole, and you need to fill it in with somebody. Why not go right here? Obviously, you do have – I cannot remember the the guy that filled in for when Gardner Johnson was injured. But you do have Sidney Brown there sitting there who was a guy that impressed during the Senior Bowl week, guy that's impressed during the Combine. Maybe not the fastest, maybe not the most efficient, but he can play systems well, and he's very much just one of those guys that can play – Proved it at Illinois. One of the one of the reasons why Illinois was such a good defensive team and had such a great turnaround the last couple of years. So I'm gonna go Sidney Brown here to the Philadelphia Eagles. Very interesting. Very interesting as well. Especially this kind of shakes up the end of the draft board here for the Kansas City Chiefs sitting here at number 31 as well. So there's a lot of different directions they could go here. There's a lot of really good players left on the board, but I'm gonna stick with my initial thought process of them. I think they're gonna. They're going to go with a fellow championship winning team here. They're going to go to the Georgia Bulldogs and just to piss people off, they're going to grab Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia. Six foot seven, 260, runs a four six. Pair him opposite Travis Kelsey, those new jumbo formations they like to run a lot. Fade routes, jump balls you give him the ball, and he sets the edge. He's the best run blocking tight end in the class by far. It's not even close. I, I know Dalton Kincaid's there, probably make a little more sense for their offense, but the back injury worries me a little bit. Michael Mayer. He's nice, but, I mean, you already got Travis Kelsey as a receiving tight end. Darnell Washington just gives you an extra offensive lineman, if you will, especially since Brown looks like he's going to be hitting free agency. And just that you have a garage door as your catch radius. You literally just have to hit the garage door, and he's got it. So I think the Chiefs do something a little interesting there. Granted, we did leave some really good players on the board, such as Miles Murphy, Brian Branch, Kincaid, as we mentioned. There's a lot of good options for him here, too. But I'm going to give him Washington just as a – Another way to get freakishly easy touchdowns, which is what Kansas City seems to do, is just, oh, post up a five foot 10 corner, easy. Yeah, no, I, like we talked about this before the draft that uh, any, whatever the Chiefs decide to do is just kind of just like whipped cream, like topping on top. Like you just, you're so, you're, you're so happy with if you're the Chiefs and Darnell Washington sitting there because you're exactly right. Not only is he a freakish athlete, but he blocks and he blocks insanely well. And Travis Kelsey is going to be like, yes, I have another tight end who can catch passes, but more importantly, can block for me. So I don't have to stay in there and block as much. While Travis Kelsey claims on his podcast that he does love blocking, I you can you can tell it's not his favorite. He likes blocking safeties and corners. He, yeah, likes yeah, exactly. blocking. he likes blocking those smaller guys. But Darnell Washington will block absolutely anybody. And if you saw him during the combine, you saw him push a, a sled with weight on it, way easier than even offensive linemen were pushing it. Um, now, as that does wrap up our first round, DJ, I do want to talk about some of the players we left off the board. Who is your surprise that we left off the board in the first round? Oh, I did just name a couple of them with Brian Branch and Miles Murphy. Those are the two that really stand out as well, too. I'm going to go with Brian Branch just because he has such a versatile skill set as a safety nickel corner type thing, almost similar to when Minka Fitzpatrick came out. Obviously, he's not Minka Fitzpatrick, but the way everyone likes to play positionless, especially the secondary versatility, I'll go with Brian Branch just because I feel like somebody – once the corners go, those top three or four corners, I think somebody will take a flyer on him as well, too. So I'm going to say Brian Branch is somebody who I'll be surprised if he slips out of that first round. But said the same thing about Trayvon Merrick a couple of years ago as well, like and Javon Holland. First-round guys that might slip just due to, quote-unquote, positional value since they're not locked in at a specific position. But we'll go with Brian Branch for this one. Brian Branch, okay. Uh, you know, I, I definitely thought about him in, instead of Sidney Brown. I, I'll be honest, though. Our first four picks really threw off my entire draft plan for for the teams that I had, just with it just ending up being quarterback, 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 quarterback. Um, so that did kind of throw a loop in everything because now there was a whole lot more available later on down the draft uh, that kind of surprised me. Um, and, and, you know, I got to say, Dalton Kincaid probably is my most surprising that neither one of us, you know, really looked at. But I think we both have the same reason for leaving him off, which is that back injury. Uh, it was kind of a little bit terrifying. You're, you're a little worried about that. But I'd also throw in Trenton Simpson, uh, the the inside linebacker out of Clemson. Um, kind of showed during during a combine that he is he is a quality, you know, inside linebacker. I just don't know. For me personally, I didn't have him. I don't have him highly ranked. And I think I think the freakish nature of some of these other uh, linebackers are what pushed him over the edge. So. I think that's why what pushed him back for me. Um, but yeah, I think that those might be the two most surprising for me. Dalton Kincaid being the most surprising. Absolutely. So that this that'll do it for mock draft number one. We still got at least one more one more to go as well as well as the big boards coming up later on as well too. The felt draft season is from full swing. It's always a fun time of the year. 
We appreciate y'all joining us. Leave it in the comment section. What did we get wrong? What did we get right? What was stupid? What was smart? And everything in between. We greatly appreciate you guys hanging out with us and listening to our first mock draft. We'll see you all again next week.